Hey, hey, hey! This is Fika Drotnik. We are halfway through series 2. My name is Tini and if this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you stay tuned throughout the whole podcast and hopefully you will stay throughout the whole series of Fika Drotnik. And to our, re- to, uh, to our returning listeners thank you so much for being there for me since the very beginning of this podcast so this is the podcast for anyone who wants to slow things down mm-hmm. enjoy that cup of coffee or tea together with that little biscuit or uh, cinnamon buns that you have or a sandwich mm-hmm. while you're doing your housework or you're on your way to school to work or coming back from work or from school whichever right this is the podcast for you i will not only be sharing with you interesting celebrations and traditions and my obsession with sweden i will also be introducing a swedish word towards the end of this episode so stay tuned Just a gentle reminder, we are running our best review contest which started last week. So if you have not submitted your reviews and ratings for this podcast, do so because if you're the lucky winner, you get to be my content creator for series number three and it's for episode number one so that is your prize so how do you enter this contest easy peasy lemon squeezy all you need to do is log on to my blog page which is www.fikatrotling.com all you need to do is just click on the icon that says contest And the instructions are there for you on how to enter the best review contest. So hurry, hurry, hurry. Good luck. Likatil. Fika Drotni. Today, 13th of July. It is a special day in Sweden because we are celebrating Pal Doggen. Yes, Pal Doggen pal, we are celebrating dumplings that are made of unboiled potatoes filled with pork. Well, if you don't eat pork, you can always have something else inside uh, the palt. Palt is a Swedish dish. I don't know why I'm going slow saying that. <laughs> It's more common in the north part of Sweden. And this dish is usually served with lingonberry jam. Mm, yum yum butter and of course you need to have this with a glass of cold milk and i found out there's several variations which includes blood pult yes blood pult made of cattle or pig's blood depending on which part of Sweden you are. So if you're in the south, uh, you would have a blood pulp that is made from cattle blood or pig blood. But if you're up north, you will have blood pulp made from reindeer. 
I don't know why I am going slow telling you this. Another variation, it's a specialty of the city of PTO and it's called PT Palt. PT Palt itself has different, 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 different variations, but the ones that are common is the one that is mixed with wheat and, not wheat, wheat, W-E-W-H-E-A-T. Wheat is shit in Swedish. Okay, so it's wheat and barley flour. I have to be very careful on how I pronounce my words these days. All right, uh, the ones that are mixed with wheat and barley flour. You can have pork filling as how the regular pulp is filled with. Or you can fill it with minced meat if you don't eat pork. Or you can have none at all. So if there's no filling in the pulp, it's called flat pulp. Flat pulp? Hmm. Did you know? Potatoes came from South America, made its way to Europe in the 1530s by early explorers. And potatoes, over the years, uh, since its first discovery, I would say, or introduction, have become a significant part of daily Swedish food. I've read somewhere that potatoes first came to Sweden in 1655. However, in a research paper that I found, um, potatoes, uh, potato was first mentioned in print in 1658, when botanist and professor of medicine Olof Rudbeck published a Latin text listing plants in Uppsala University's botanical garden. And if you want to find out more, you can go online uh, and look for this research paper that I was abstracting the information from. And it's called A Societal History of Potato Knowledge in Sweden, circa 1650 to 1800. This article is by Eric Budenstein, and it was published on the 28th of May 2020. All pulps are made of raw potatoes. Do not be confused with crop kokur, because crop kokur are also dumplings, but they are made from pre-boiled potatoes. So remember, uh, pulp, raw potatoes, crop kokur, pre-boiled potatoes. So the recipe that I'm using is sort of like an improvisation because the actual recipe calls for one kilograms of potatoes. But because it's just me and my test subject, my youngest son, who uh, I need to make him a little bit more adventurous when it comes to food because he is pretty, pretty picky. So yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that he was adventurous enough for this experiment because it was indeed my first time making pulp. So, I used Holland potatoes because it's not easy to find fresh potatoes in the supermarket. So I used Holland potatoes. I used half gul luk, which is the yellow onions. So what I did was I chopped those half onion first, the yellow onion, and then I cut the strip loin into cubes. Not too big, not too small, and not, uh, not too small because, you know, meat shrink. Mm, learn from my lesson. 
So I prepared the fillings first. So I took a pan, put some butter, throw in the finely chopped uh, yellow onion, saute it a little bit, make it a little bit brown, looks nice. And then I throw in the strip loin, uh, add a little bit of salt to taste, white pepper as well. And make sure I reduce the juice uh, because you don't want your dumplings to be runny. Not to reduce it till it's extremely dry. No, not dry, dry, but juicy enough when you, you know, eat them later on uh, when your palate is done. So, yeah, so fillings aside, all right, and the potato, shred the potatoes. Uh, like I said, I'm only using five because it's just me and my test subject. Uh, the mistake that I made was I did not use the smallest size shredder, you know. Um, you know, your shredder, you have different sizes. Should have used a smaller one, but I used the one that is for making hash brown. So I had like long strips uh, of potatoes. So I shred all the five potatoes. I peeled off the skin first before I do that. Uh, and then using the force, the voice of my ancestors tell me how much plain flour or wheat flour that I need to add to the potatoes because... Obviously, I can't use the recipe that is stated because it's just five potatoes, duh, right? So I estimated the amount of flour that I use. Um, I mix them up together. Again, put a little bit of salt to taste because the potatoes are very, very bland. And another mistake that I made was I did not uh, sieve or press the liquid from the potatoes. So that made my pulp a little bit mushy, starchy. So there I was making the bowls, right? Okay, uh, so what you need to do is take a little bit and flatten it on your palm. And then you take the feeling, the cool feeling, not the piping hot feeling that you have made. So make sure that your feelings are cool first. All right, put it in the center and then take a few more in your other hand and make it into a bowl. You will be uh, surprised at how big the palt is going to be. All right, it's huge. It is huge. Oh my God. I was like, how am I supposed to eat it? With the five potatoes, I managed, I managed, I managed to make five, uh, one, two, one, two, three, four, four pulps. Yeah. So I made four dumplings. So when you're making the balls, the dumplings itself, make sure you're not far away from the boiling, uh, water that you have prepared earlier. So as you go along, I don't know, I'm doing this actions like as if you can see. <laughs> uh, so uh, as you are doing the dumplings, making it into a bowl, once you're done, you can straight away dip it into the boiling water. Uh, continue to do so until all your potatoes and your fillings are finished. And it does take a while for the potatoes to boil. How do you know that your pulp is ready? It will float. Okay, as long as your pulp is not floating, it's not ready. So I waited for a while, quite long actually, because I was hungry. And yeah, so I was like, well, when is this going to get ready? So use a scoop um, that has holes in it. There's a term for it, but I don't know what it is. I use a special sieve to uh, retrieve the dumplings from the boiling water. So make sure you drain the water first and then you put it aside. You might want to eat it immediately because I think it tastes better when it's hot. Not piping hot, but just nice and hot, right? Like like how you would have your buns out of from the oven, right? It tastes really good. So I had my plate prepared with a little bit of lingonberry silt or lingonberry jam, butter, and I prepared my ice-cold milk at the side. So yeah, so... It looks really interesting. 
because it's not something that you see every day. But I can tell it is huge. Okay, the dumplings is huge. And I'm like thinking, oh my God, am I able to finish this? Surprise, surprise, because I was hungry. I was able to do it. I was able to finish the huge pulp. Um, probably because of the mistakes that I made, uh, the pulp was a little bit starchy for me. Uh, I think it would be better if I had uh, maybe mixed the raw potatoes with pre-boiled potatoes that I mashed it up. I don't know. I'm going to try that recipe uh, again. But um, the result of that experiment, I think it was quite a, a very fun, interesting um, experience to be making my own pulp and to have those chunky meat, the strip loin in the middle. It's really yummy. It's really yummy. So when you cut it into half, don't be intimidated by the size, okay? It's heavy eating. I can tell that if you are very hungry, you have the time to wait, make pulp. And I can tell you, you will not be hungry for the rest of the day because it's huge. It's heavy food. It's filling. It's a bit starchy, but overall it is yummy. So when you cut your pulp open, make sure you have the potato, the pieces of meat with you. Don't forget to slab a little bit of butter and of course the lingonberry jam. And you put it in your mouth and let the explosion of flavors just be in your mouth. It's really delicious. And if you drink along with cold milk, it, make, it makes sense. It really makes sense. It's like everything complements each other. And just a bit of warning, you will get pulp coma. And I gave it to my test subject. My younger son felt that it was really good. A little bit too much for him. Uh, he did not finish it, but he said it's good. And to think that the video that we saw uh, on how to make pulps, the guys in that video were eating two dumplings. And we only had one and we were like, oh, this is so heavy. <gasps> I can't move. <laughs> Really, you should give it a go. I will have the recipe and I actually made a quick video on how I made the pulp. So you can watch that on my blog page. Okay, so do check out that one. It's really funny. Have a go and tell me what you think of pulp. Happy making! Words of the day. So we have come to the segment whereby I am introducing a Swedish word. And today, because we have onions in our recipe in making pult, I am thinking of the word fart. Yes, F-A-R-T, fart. In English, yes, fart is a, I would say, a crude word for flatulence, whereby you release your natural gases. Mm -hmm. The silent ones are the killer. <laughs> the smelly ones are also the killer. <laughs> and if it's a combination of um, silent and smelly, that is mass destruction. So in Swedish, the word fart means speed. You can find this word at kapak uh, entrance. So infart means entrance. Utfart means exit. And sometimes on the road, you will see fart hinder. Uh, no, it's not to hinder the fart. It, 
it means speed bump. Okay, in a sentence, for example, Han come in full fart. That means he's coming in very, very fast. So the speed, he is fast. Faten vor oti kilometer per time. So the speed was 80 kilometers per hour. Full fart framot, which means full speed ahead. And sometimes when you watch a Swedish movie, someone driving very, very fast, someone might scream, log fart. That means to slow it down. Okay, you're going too fast. Or hug fart. Increase your speed. You're going too slow. So <laughs> fart means speed. Uh, I remember the first time when I saw the word fart, I was in a bus from Arlanda Airport towards Stockholm Central. So when I saw the sign that says fart, I started to giggle probably a little bit too loud. Uh, you know, you know, just <laughs> you just go like that. Or I think, well, that was a fake giggle. Uh, I <laughs> and clearly the people around me, uh, well, I, I did caught that one person saw me doing that and he was like... Mm. Giving giving me that smile of like, oh poor thing. She must it must be her first time to Sweden. So yeah. In English, you can also use the word fart when you do not want to waste time on silly or trivial things. Like for example, Tini doesn't fart when she forgets her grocery grocery lists. She she uses the force to help her get her grocery. Yeah, you you can say that. Or 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 you can use fart as an adjective. Uh, to describe someone who is boring. Or him, he's such an old fart. Yeah, so there's several ways of using the word fart in English. It, it does not just mean emitting wind from the anus. <laughs> and in Bahasa Melayu, the word fart means kelajuan. Kelajuan. Dilaju. Dilari laju. He runs fast. Be sure to submit your reviews for the best review contest because if you are selected as the winner, you get a chance to work with me and be my content creator for episode number one in our brand new series, series three. So the contest ends on the 24th of July, which is a Friday. Hurry, 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 hurry. And of course, do try to make pulse and let me know the outcome of it. Do you like it? Do you not like it? So the recipes can be found online as well. Check out all the details on www.fikadrotning.com And with that, I wish you a great week ahead. Pus o kram from me, Tini. Hey, do. Hey, do.